0: Good morning slash afternoon. Welcome to the Calories and Rice podcast, a perfectly passable China-Africa podcast. Broadcasting from the heart of global China-Africa research, Washington, D.C., I'm your host, Winslow Robertson, and I will be joined by the gumptious Dr. Nkemjika Kalu. Dr. Kalu, this is your last pod in America, correct?
1: It may or may not be. We have to... No, I think I have one more, and then that's my last pod in America.
0: Oh, sad. America will not be the same without you. It's very true. Today's episode is brought to you by our two sponsors, Africa Development Jobs and the Africa Daily. African Development Jobs, a site run by Nino Duro, seeks to connect development workers with professional development resources and work opportunities in Africa. On a quest to help diversify development, it highlights the voices and issues of Africans and the diaspora in the field. It is also the best site for finding employment in the development field in Africa that I know of. The Africa Daily is an online communications platform that provides the most up-to-date, journalistic, and academic information on China-Africa relations. The form incorporated in the website also facilitates the cultural and informational exchange among the diaspora communities in major Chinese and African cities. I'm still pretty sure that the Africa Daily is doing a site redesign, so I'm not totally sure if it's up and, and working at the moment, but they're still our sponsor. So go Africa Daily. We are closing out our celebration of International Women's Day, which took place on March 8th by having... Well, by flipping the proverbial script and having an Asian woman who has been to Africa critique our month-long effort. And we have recruited Ms. Hangwei Li to be that Asian woman. Hangwei is a researcher and media trainer for Mediana. Did I say that right?
2: Yes, you're right.
0: (laughs) Mediana, uh, Council of Europe and a columnist for the Africa Daily. Talk about corporate synergy. She now resides in London, having lived in China, Denmark, and Ghana. She might also be our long sought after third co-host. How exciting. Hangwei, we are so happy to speak to you in English.
2: Thank you, Winslow, and hi, Dr. Kalu. I'm very happy to speak to you as well.
1: We're glad to have you on. Thank you.
0: Happy belated International Women's Day. What did you do on March 8th?
2: Thank you, Winsor. Well, I actually didn't do any special on that day. I, I just sent a message to my mom. Yeah, you know, happy International Women's Day, mom. Um, well, Winsor, do you actually know that Girls' Day is much more popular than Women's Day in many Chinese universities?
0: No, what, yeah. what is Girls' Day and, and how do you Girls
2: celebrate it? Yeah, Girls' Day is actually widely celebrated at Chinese universities on March 7th of every year because the word women in Chinese language often refer to married females. So college students created Girls' Day, which actually is a campus version of the International Women's Day. So basically on March 7th, many Chinese college boys left notes of love on red banners on campus to express their love to their female classmates. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, but I didn't do any special on um, yeah, International Women's Day.
0: Did you get any messages on March 7th then?
2: Yeah, just but just one, one, one friend. Yeah, that's Ooh. all. So, Ooh. I'm really sad.
0: <laughs> okay, well, we will discuss this later. Okay. <laughs> so hey. could could you tell us about yourself? What do you do and how did you get interested in your field?
2: Yes, sure, yeah. I'm from China and currently I'm a London-based journalist and a master candidate in the Erasmus Manders program in journalism, media, and globalization with a specialization in business and finance reporting. And I will actually graduate very soon. It's in around one month. And my final project is about Africans in Guangzhou, how foreign trade is changing China. Um, I have also covered news related to China Africa on various issues, such as um, China's role in illegal ivory trade, Chinese construction in Africa, and Chinese sex workers in Ghana and Chinese illegal miners in Ghana. And um, China's engagement in Africa got my attention. I think it was around one year ago. I see China's deepening ties with Africa as one of the most important geo- geopolitical trends of the 21st century for Africa. But, um, however, at that time, I had a very, very limited knowledge about Africa. Then I decided to go decided go to Ghana to do a summer internship with the United Nations. And during my stay in Ghana, I also successfully interviewed people from different backgrounds, from poachers, illegal miners, sex workers, to u n and government officers I think i feel I feel very passionate about it, and since then, I have followed the subject subject closely. Um, however, what also fascinates me about China Africa is that it is still relatively unexplored to the broader public, which is why there there are a lot of misconceptions in the Western media about China's engagement in Africa. Then I told myself, okay, Han Wei, you are a journalist. You speak Chinese and English, so you have been and you have been to Africa. So you must be you must you must be critical on this issue, and you should do more. So yeah, that's me.
0: God, gosh darn. Well, <laughs> can, can I ask what was your most interesting story to to do or to write? I don't know. What do you, you write stories? Do stories? I'm a journalist. I don't know the language.
2: Um. Yeah, I. I I wrote a lot a lot of new stories about I mean China, Africa like chinese immigrants in africa and african immigrants in china i think both of them were really interesting and i think the most um impressive one was was the story i wrote last summer it was um about chinese um sex workers in Ghana, because i i i just found there were so many chinese illegal uh, sorry chinese Sex workers in ghana, which i have i i never i can imagine before and yeah and then I wrote a story and I published in the African daily and i got i think I got quite a lot of readers and they yeah they have sent many emails to me and asked me ask ask about the situation
0: for for that story i mean i remember i remember reading it. Could you tell us a little bit more about that story, what you did, what did the sex workers say about their lives, and, and what, what did people want to know more about it?
2: Yeah, sure. I think when, when we were talking about Chinese, uh, Chinese sex, sex workers in Ghana, it might be related to transnational uh, human trafficking. And I think the story, I think it was quite sad because I uh, two interviewees, they they didn't know they they went to Ghana for for doing this di- doing this, so and even there was one interviewee she told me her passport, yeah her her boss took her passport and she couldn't and, and because she 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 doesn't speak English at all, and then she she couldn't do anything and even and, and she told me one one time she got malaria you know it's oh my god yeah and she even didn't she even didn't couldn't go to the hospital because she didn't have oh. any like um legal like residence permit or or passport and i think it was really sad
0: hmm. oh my gosh that's it's really sad
2: yeah and and the thing is there there are not many people know about about yeah, that this thing and i think i was almost maybe the first Chinese journalist wrote, wrote this story in English. And yeah, there are some, there are there there might be some like I mean Western journalists have have written these stories, but I think most most Chinese journalists they didn't yeah, they haven't wrote it. Wow, that's
1: incredibly fascinating. Yeah. And I think
2: it's it's also yeah, quite sad because yes that I think their life is, is really, I mean, depressing and difficult.
0: Oh, man. that's. Uh... And
2: when, I'm, when I'm talking this, I just remember the 2014 theme for International Women's Day. It's about equality for women is progress for all. And, yeah, I was actually think probably it's a good idea for us to give those women an opportunity and also a platform to express their voice as well.
0: Um, yeah. I agree. I, yeah, international sex trafficking or the international trafficking of people is, uh, for a lot of people, the, the human rights issue of the of the twenty first century and something that goes on, in, in every country in in, in the world, unfortunately, or or so I've 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 read them. I'm pretty ignorant about the issue, but thank you so much for, for bringing the those sorts of these sorts of voices. To the fore I, I remember reading reading your piece, but this is something that that i really I really don 't know that much about and and I, I think you you're, you're doing you did a really good job of of letting people know about it and and letting these women sort of speak speak for themselves
2: yeah, thank you, but I think I should do more
0: <laughs> well yeah, we, we can al- we can always do more in, in every endeavor that we embark on
1: mm-hmm. Hangway, you are one of the few people that we know, or at least who's admitted to listening to every episode of our "Being an Asian Woman in Africa" series.
2: I own it. Um,
1: <laughs> Thank you. What did you think about what we've been able to do over the last month?
2: I I think this series is is quite amazing, and well, not only well not only because I host one episode, and honestly, I think. It's very informative, and I learn a lot. And I really like the topic, being an Asian woman in Africa. I think this is something not many people have observed. I have read many stories, like being an African lady in China or in the U.S., but not the other way around. So I think it's quite interesting. And the guests you invited were impressive as well, like the three scholars I remember you invited were just so awesome. And these ladies, they have recently done. They have really done on-the-ground research in Africa for for many years, um, yeah. And you also invited entrepreneurs, young practitioners. Both of them are independent, hardworking, and strong ladies. And I found their life experience was just so charming.
0: That's really cool. We'll, we'll be sure to, to to let them know. Oh, I we forgot to introduce you. You know, Hangwei. Hosted a Chinese language podcast that was still in the middle of trying to figure out how to get up, but yeah, Hongwei did an amazing job. She's so gracious, and yes, you will you will be hearing her voice in her her dulcet tones in Mandarin quite quite soon.
2: Yeah.
0: So but yeah,
2: listen, yes, please don't miss it.
0: <laughs> yeah, please please don't miss it. As as far as I can tell, it's the it's the only Chinese language China Africa podcast ever.
2: Yeah, but probably we can do more in the future.
0: Yeah, it's it's a trial run for for us to to get more people on the pod who because of language barriers, because of, you know, my terrible Mandarin, would like to tell their stories but but haven't been able to and Hongwei has been so nice to sort of be part of the team and 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 help us out with that so Hongwei thank you
2: mm-hmm. thank you thank you for giving me this opportunity
0: so I really like this series on, and we're gonna try and do it again next year what could we have done better uh, as, as someone who listened to the other episodes what yeah. What do you think we could, should have done?
2: Yeah, I might be critical. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, be critical. That's okay. That's
2: okay. First, I think maybe one thing you might want to reconsider is the is the length of each episode. I guess it might be a good idea for you to consider that limiting the duration of each episode to no more than thirty minutes. Um, because I think there was one episode was too long. I think it was around one and a half hours, and and you know we live in the in an attention economy town, I, can't, I, can't, I really can't imagine people from cities such as London, New York, Washington, D.C. or Beijing could find more than 40 minutes to listen to an episode. So, yeah, this is my first suggestion.
0: M- my as- wife has told me that many times. So, <laughs> so I, yes, I have heard that criticism before. Very good. Very good point.
2: And also, it might be nice for you to link your program to recent news, and then it's fresh. Also, it might be more interesting for you to create some debates. For example, the guests you invited could have maybe totally different views. And otherwise, sometimes listeners will feel dry, and they might switch off. Then, yeah. also, all I think all the guests you, you invite you invited was. Yeah, these moms were quite successful ladies. They had good career and people respect them. And however, as I just mentioned, there are different kinds of Asian women in Africa, not only scholars, entrepreneurs, students, but also African sex workers, sorry, Asian sex workers, which might be related to transnational human trafficking or illegal immigrants, illegal Asian immigrants who have stayed in Africa for years in order to earn a living. Yeah, so I was actually thinking, yeah, probably it's a good idea for, for us to give give them a platform to talk.
0: That is such a, a good point. And thank you for making us cognizant of that. Yeah, that's something that we, we should try and do better in terms of uh, making for a more di- diverse panel. Uh, if next year we do this again and you, you have any contacts who would like to share their, their story and, and we can figure out a way to, to you know, make them uh, anonymous and and make sure they don't get in trouble, sure. we, would, we yes. would love to do... There's such
2: chance, it's, it's, it's also difficult to get a guest, to speak. <laughs> and yeah, you actually told me you would love to find one guest who, like an Asian woman get, got married with an African, but yeah, we didn't find the guest, so yeah. But maybe we will find one next year.
0: If, if things break out, and, and there's obviously a very touchy subject, so you know we're, we don't want anyone to get on the pod who doesn't actually want to be on here. But but you're definitely right. We could we could have definitely had a, a, a more diverse set of of guests, and yeah, something that we'll we'll definitely keep keep mind of next year. And now that you're on the team, you you can probably also find some of your contacts to to to, yeah, to, to get on for I next would, year.
1: Yeah. And, well, I feel like, you know, we should add that it's a little more difficult to identify those kinds of individuals with us being based where we are. You know, Winslow and myself are in the U.S. Hangway, you're in London right now. Um, if, for instance, you were still in Ghana, I think that we would have been able to make that work. And I'm expecting with my return to Nigeria to be able to identify some of the the rest of the spectrum. Unfortunately in these societies and, and the way that we're 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 leveraged right now, we would find success stories more easily than we would find, you know, the other stories and the the the, the stories of other experiences. But that's something that um we are looking to work
0: on.
2: That's also true.
0: Thank you. Well thank you so much for, for pointing pointing that out, Doctor Kalu. Do do you have any uh, additional questions? Mm, me? Oh, Dr. Kalu, or oh. you, Hongwei, or either.
1: Well, with regards to some of the topics that we we discussed, what other sorts of topics do you think would be important for um, for for women in Asia or oh, Asian women in Africa? What other topics do you think we should try to look at?
2: Well, I think you have already tried so many well chosen topics, and um, yeah, and it might be interesting for for you to invite two guests whole totally different view on this, I mean, this topic and have a debate on your program. And um, yeah, I, I, yeah, and I, I was also actually thinking, because these days I got to know many young, yeah, Chinese ladies who just graduate from top, top ranking universities. We we have also interviewed them last, last, last episode and they are very active in Africa. So and yeah. So <clears throat> they they were doing a project ca- called China House Project. And I was thinking maybe we could yeah do an do an episode on yeah about this.
0: Oh I I I completely agree. I I was actually one of the guests we had on in the Mandarin Language podcast last week, yeah. uh
2: it it's uh her name is yuan
0: yes the the china house project uh, sounds really interesting where it's sort of setting itself up to be a non profit to help chinese engagement in africa run better is is am i am i saying that right
2: yeah they want to help Chinese truly into africa and i think those ladies are also quite yeah impressive so yeah
0: hopefully one of the the future episodes we're going ha- we can have them give us sort of a status update on um, on the sort of things that are that are going on and i i want I want to ask you about you know your time in ghana we We discussed a lot of different sort of themes over the past month and and one thing that I personally noticed is some of the the role of being a foreigner. In some of these countries, and the role of being called a white foreigner is something that a lot of the a lot of the people we had on the podcast really reacted strongly to. So, to, to give an example, let's say you're 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 somewhere in, in, in East Africa or Central Africa, and they call you Mzungu, which, as Dr. Kalu points out, is is not necessarily mean white, but for a lot of people that they that's what they feel like, and and there's a discomfort in being called white in Africa, and I was wondering if if you could can speak to that
2: yeah sure they yeah, yeah, I was in Ghana last summer, and they call me yeah Ubruni, yeah, it's the local language they call me ubruni which means white lady well i'm I'm Chinese, you know, but they I think they think i i'm i'm yeah just the same as maybe western ladies, so like sometimes when I'm walking on the street and there will, many kids will call me, yeah, ubruni, And um, yeah, but I think the kids are cute, I like them. <laughs> so, but one thing I found is, yeah, many Ghanian people couldn't tell my real age. Some of them even asked me if I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I think it was quite difficult for, for African people to tell Asian women's a- real age. So, so just...
0: Nobody can tell how old an Asian woman is. Ah. Believe me, I've tried.
2: Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then because of my appearance, so many of them thought I was yeah, not experienced, and they didn't treat me that series in the beginning when... Yeah, when I was, like, doing my interview or I was working with the UN. So sometimes it was not that easy for me to convince them, let's say, to accept my interview. So my my strategy was, yeah, then, like... Uh, was just asking tough questions in the beginning then they would love to know they would know I'm a professional journalist instead of a a high school student (laughs) for example when I was interviewing a government official about illegal mining problem he didn't want to talk to me and then I asked him there were many Chinese citizens in Ghana told me that Ghanaian government had serious corruption problem during the crackdown on illegal mining and then um, I would love to hear his voice on this issue, and then in the end, he gave me fifty minutes, so I was lucky. So I think in the end, he didn't think I was just a high school any high school student anymore.
0: Oh my gosh! I now that's something I haven't really sort of explored. So, if if you're most of the guests that we we had on, I think are were in their twenties, and I I wonder in terms of treatment, this sort of infantilizing, basically because you're you're a, a young Asian woman, people, and because of difficulties in age or, or, or in general, people don't take tend to take you as seriously. Um, That's thing I hadn't really really talked about before, and and it did happen to you quite a bit. It sounds like.
2: Yes, yeah, and, and it actually always happened to me, but I big out. So yeah, and I get I actually got used to it. So, it just yeah be professional and ask people professional questions and tough questions, and then I think they will they will treat you seriously in the end.
0: Gosh, gosh darn.
2: Yeah, I think it it was quite funny because I was actually. Yeah, almost twenty-five this year, and then they were asking me if I was high school student, a uh, student. And uh, also, I went to a high school uh, in Ghana, yeah, in Accra actually. Um, to I I taught them uh, I, I gave the students a Chinese lessons during um, during their time, and then the students were also think I I was in their in their age. So I think it was very funny, but I was their teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of interesting stories happened in Ghana, and I think I had a a great time there, and I learned a lot.
0: Were there any things related to you being a woman that happened in Ghana as opposed to being in China, so things about you're you're of the age where you should be married, or yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah,
2: it was so funny, and I when I was in, I one time I remember I was taking taxi, and then the taxi driver asked me, yeah, how old are you? And then I I told her him I was yeah. I was 24. I, I'm 24, I told him. And then the the driver said, are you married? And I, I told him, no, I, I, yeah, I'm single. And then the driver said, oh my God, what are you doing? You are 24, you are still not married. And then I was so, yeah, and then I was so, am I really that weird? I think it's quite normal in China, women, yeah, it's still single in, in the age of twenty four, twenty-five. But he I think but in maybe in Ghana I think ladies got married pretty early, like maybe in the age of twenty two, twenty-three. So yeah. And I think uh another thing is when I was in Ghana I got too too much attention and I found it's quite tiring and because sometimes I don't want people yeah but I think it's it's also quite. I understand because yeah, I'm a foreign I'm a foreigner in the in their country, so it's also like some sometimes in especially foreigners in China, especially in small cities, they they will also feel maybe not that comfortable because people Chinese people also pay too much attention to them. Maybe you have the, you had the same experience, right?
0: I was just about to, to ask uh, about how that experience translated because I was... When I lived in China, I lived in a really nice city of, of about a million people that had... That ha- I mean, in China, every city has a million people. But anyways, it, it was a really nice city. It had three KFCs, so under my definition of developed, I felt it was very developed. But one of my best friends lived in a much smaller city yeah, in terms of my treatment, yes, in my city, I did get a lot of attention, but not nearly as much as as one of my friends who lived in a much smaller city. And and some of the the things that he would have to go through the 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 most notable being that you know sometimes parent would be walking with their child down the street, and when they saw my friend who was you know a tall blonde blue eyed American, they would you know take their cot. Kid and and move their head to look at him. Now, there were a lot of also wonderful people that he met that treated him really really nice and just like an, any other person. And and there's a, a an incredible incredible diversity of experiences to be had in in China in some of these small villages. So I don't want to make to make it sound like everyone is looking at you or gawking at you. And even when people look or gawk at you, they're not necessarily trying to be rude. That just for a lot of people. That's the first foreigner they've 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 really ever seen in, in real life and it's completely understandable. But it's it's a, at least at least for the foreigners that, that I knew in, in China, it it was a, a constant struggle to deal with that attention and, and what it meant. On the one hand, yeah, the attention can be really nice, can be can be quite beneficial sometimes. On the other hand, it can it can be quite unnerving and there can be bad situations because because you stand out so much. So I remember one time I was in my city during one of the anti japanese protests and it was the first display of political anything I've ever seen in China. So, oh my gosh, I gotta go see it. And then when I realized an anti-Japanese protest and I realized just how much I stood out in the crowd I felt really, really uneasy, and I and I got out of there right away. I don't know what. What did you think about your time in in Ghana?
2: Yeah, I think most of them are, are friendly, so I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't take it. I mean, I didn't take it as that serious. I just when they they call me Rooney, I just maybe gave them a smile. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ghanaian people are very hospitable and very very nice, so I, I really enjoy my stay there.
0: At, at the risk of offending Dr. Kalu, I love Ghanaian people.
2: Mm-hmm. I lived
0: in Ghana for four years, and I couldn't agree more with your statement. I also love Nigerian people, but Ghana really struck me by just how uh, warm and, and friendly the, the people are.
2: Yeah, I miss Ghana, and I would love to go back if I have any chance.
0: What would you like to go back to do?
2: I don't know, visit friends and maybe, yeah, do some other, yeah, write write some other stories.
0: So you you wouldn't like to illegally mine for gold and become a millionaire?
2: <laughs> You're yeah. No, I won't. <laughs> it's illegal, you know.
0: That doesn't stop people from trying.
2: I think many people stopped. Yeah, I think the situation is much better than before.
0: I I have heard the situations uh, a a lot better. Although two weeks ago, I found another report of Chinese miners getting arrested, but it wasn't nearly as big a deal as as what happened previously. So obviously things things are changing. And, you know, it should be noted, there's something that the, the Chinese government really does not like. When Chinese nationals break the law overseas, so it's it's a constant source of of tension.
1: We've had a r- really good conversation, and you no, know, following our, the very very first recommendation, let's see if we can get this podcast to under 40 minutes.
0: Ah, Doctor are killing me. <laughs> I have heard on a number of people, and most importantly my wife, saying that the podcast goes on too long. And if there, I, I trust my wife's judgment in all things.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I would love to recommend a website called China South Dialogue. It's a Chinese English information platform focusing on Chinese investment in African South America. Um, I think it's very informative, and all the articles are written by Chinese young and passionate writers. And most of them are master candidates from world leading universities such as Harvard University, um, Oxford University, Columbia University. So I think it's it's yeah, it's re- it's very interesting. Who
0: started it? Who started the website, or who's who's in charge of it? It's
2: um, it's Hong Xiang Huang. Yeah,
0: our d- old buddy Hong Xiang Huang. He's on the pod, yes.
2: Yeah, and uh, he's also the guy who is organizing China House Project.
0: I was very impressed by meeting by meeting Hongshan and I'm and I'm I can't wait to see the 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 stuff he has up his sleeve in, in terms of uh, the Chinese side of the China Africa engagement. Really smart dude and and yeah, that that's yeah, really cool. He also,
2: he's also a very good journalist. He has written a lot of I mean, nice piece. And in, he has done a lot of uh, he has done investigative reporting on yeah various issues.
0: Yeah, Hongshang his name got on my radar for his ivory in Southern Africa piece, which, and this is how you know you've done a good job, the Chinese embassy accused him of what well, was well, not spying, but accused him of of attacking China or something along those lines, so. Any investigative report that you do on China Africa, when when the Chinese embassy starts giving you, uh, thank you so much for recommending the website.
1: No problem.
0: All right, Dr. Kalu.
1: So following yet another recommendation from Hangwei, my um, my recommendation actually this week comes from an article that was just in the news this morning from China Daily dated today
0: <laughs> Ooh, it's, hot off the presses
1: exactly um the article is called long love affair with african art and it's essentially the story of a chinese couple who for the last 30 years have been bringing back pieces of african art to china um specifically the makonde carvings from tanzania and they have been able to create this huge center called african tribe it's got 13 buildings cover over a thousand square meters and they have all these different experiences within their their center and apparently it is the first privately owned non organization in china that's dedicated to promoting african culture it won't formally be open to the public till may but as of right now a lot of um, african dignitaries have been through and seen the project and say nothing but great things about it. So it's really exciting. And it is also, according to the article, the biggest collection of Makonde art outside of
0: Tanzania. Jeez Louise, that sounds really impressive.
1: But just so just so we know, they, are, they collect art not just from Tanzania. Um, they've collected art from Malawi, Zambia, and some other Southeastern African countries that they also donated to the Changchun Municipal Government and to some other museums in China. And I know that I said that wrong. But yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: All right, well, Doctor Kalu, that is a fantastic recommendation. Thank you for bringing that to our attention, and hopefully, you are we'll welcome. do something with that. I have two recommendations. One is China Africa related. The other isn't. The one that's not is this book, "Every Day Is for the Thief" by this dude Teju Cole, who is a Nigerian American author. He he doesn't like labels or doesn't operate under labels. But anyway, he's a really cool author, and he first came on my radar on The New Yorker, and he's he's just a dude who writes about, I mean, he's got incredible prose, and he also wrote Open City, which, you know, is a big deal book. Here's the thing, I never read it. Sorry, Teju. But this book is awesome. It's basically a young man goes from New York to Lagos, and and it's about his meditations. It's, it's a novella. It's just a, a, these short... These short observations of a young man in Lagos, and as an American, as a Nigerian American, what he thinks of the city, and it's beautiful and it's really interesting and and really easy read and something I really enjoyed, and yeah, I went. He had a book launch party here in D.C. and I went to it and he he actually talked to me and I was tweeting about it on Twitter and he read my tweets didn't retweet them, although he should have, where my tweets were fantastic, but. Really cool guy, and he really amazing writer. And this book is is, uh, really really interesting.
2: Sounds cool.
0: The other observation is, the China Africa Knowledge Project Resource Hub, by the Social Science Research Council. So this website just came up, and it is going to be the definitive scholarly China Africa website. I hope so. We'll, we'll we'll see. So, all right. I you know full disclosure. I did help gather some of the information for it, but it's not my website. It's the Social Science Research Council, and it is the official website of the Chinese and Africa Africans in China Research Network, which is Professor Yu Park's global super amazing China Africa Research Network, and this website. This website is, is how, if you want to follow what's going on in terms of the cutting edge of China Africa research, who the big names are, what the events are, what the publications are, this is the website for it. And it's, it's, it's a really, really clean website, really well designed, and I think it's going to be really, really terrific. And yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of it. This, this is something to, to definitely bookmark. And, yeah, the China-Africa Knowledge Project Resource Hub by the Social Science Research Council. Ah, all right, I think we're about done with the recommendations. So, before we sign off, how do people find you on the interwebs? Do you have a website or Twitter account that you would like to share with us, Hangwei?
2: Yeah, my articles can be found on the Africa Daily website, and my Twitter handle is Seven 720 hangwei 720 yeah. That's my teacher
0: handle. What's the 724? Uh, it's my birthday. July 20th? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's July 26th. Are are you what? You're on the call. Co- are you Leo?
2: I'm Cancer.
0: Oh, poor poor Cancer. Why? <laughs> because Leo is the best.
2: Oh, you are Leo?
0: I'm a Leo. Yes. Oh wow, that's uh, that's 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 really cool. What do you what do you tweet about?
2: Most about China Africa. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's that. That's really good. And yes, I I can vouch for Hongwei's excellent articles. That they're they're really great. And and I'm happy that China, uh, the Africa Daily, serves as a repository for them. So, so really really great stuff. Dr. Kalu, how do people find you?
1: I can be found on the interwebs. I blog, I blog at nchemkalu.wordpress.com because of major life changes. All of my anticipated blogs have yet to make it to the interwebs, have yet to make it out of my head, in all honesty. But I also tweet at nchemekalu, and um, see, I tweet a lot about China-Africa stuff, other Africa stuff, and a lot of development stuff and women and girls-related stuff, just whatever catches my fancy, thought-provoking stuff.
0: I, I've been so impressed with the evolution of your Twitter account. You You... you <laughs> She is a must follow in the China Africa world, so yeah. As for myself, I can be found on cowriesrice.blogspot.com, and my Twitter handle is at Winslow underscore R. The blog posts I bas are they're basically up uploads of the podcast and and that, that that's set to change hopefully soon. But we'll see what happens. uh, uh for my for my Twitter account Mostly China Africa stuff. I've been tweeting a little more about the Washington Wizards because the Washington Wizards look like a semi competent basketball team, and I'm a huge NBA fan and a huge fan of the Washington Wizards. So there's a few more of those tweets seeping in. But I, yeah, if if you want to follow China Africa and, and China Africa news, my Twitter account is is not too bad. All right. That is about it for today's episode. We would like to thank Hongwei for joining us this afternoon from London. Hey, what's the weather like over there?
2: Um, it's not bad.
0: Are you going to be doing anything this afternoon?
2: No, I'm just going to stay at home and writing another article.
0: about. Dang.
2: Yeah.
0: Hard uh, working.
2: Yeah, even on the weekends.
0: Even on the weekends. Gosh, gosh darn. Well, right. what's your article going to be about?
2: China's engagement in Africans'
0: construction. Sorry for the digression. We would like to thank Hangwei for joining us. We would like to thank African Development Jobs and the Africa Daily. This podcast can be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. BlackBerry? Question mark. Although I haven't, I have, I know somebody who might be able to help us out with this. So we'll, we'll see what happens. So for all our African brothers and sisters who use the BlackBerry network, we will figure out a way to get this on BlackBerry eventually and if you have any recommendations about where else we should put the podcast or what we should do with the podcast let us know we are listening so Hongwei gave us some very good tips so hopefully we'll we'll follow her advice and, and make for a shorter cleaner more debate debate friendly podcast we would also like to thank Mighty Mike of Pulse Recordings for composing the theme song and thank you dear listener for giving us your time take care